0: We're Like, hey, everyone, here's the, Let's the- Yeah, out. yeah.
1: Hey, buddy. <laughs> What's going on? There was a stressful morning. I lost, uh, we lost our insurance this morning because I guess I make too much, uh, I make too much money now. <laughs> so <laughs> December 1st, I don't have any medical insurance anymore, so.
0: You don't have medical but- insurance?
1: No, not, uh. Not on December first, so I guess I have to uh I guess I have to apply for jobs and shit now. I don't like Merry, that, but it is what it is. We,
0: Merry Christmas. Like greatest what
1: f- country in the world, dog.
0: <laughs> like that's kinda that's intense. So you make too much money to get insurance?
1: Yeah, I um We've always like because we have the two kids with autism and then the youngest has a developmental disability, too. So one of us sort of always has had to be around. So we didn't we didn't make that much money. And we always kept it right about on the line of poverty, um, which is like a a thing. But now I, I own my home and they say it's worth more than it is. And I did a little audio video work on the side. So apparently the $4,000 extra that I made this year was too much. <laughs> yeah, it's a complicated thing. And it's like, a thing that I can't fundamentally understand why people without medical insurance don't want it. Like, they're like, how are we going to pay for it? Like, it what's well, easy with all of the money that they take from us every week.
0: <laughs> just well,
1: fucking that- use that. <laughs>
0: I mean, the thing about it is, is that people just don't properly understand how it, it's funny because Canada right now is in the process of like losing its, its, uh, its health insurance. Like it's totally being like what it used to be and what it is now is completely different. Like I, I had this sad experience of watching my mother pass last winter and just seeing like there's, like, you know, there's certain things that couldn't be done. They could have, like, it's just, like, to see how the system is broken down is really fucked up. But, like, yeah, the world doesn't seem to be going in a very good place. Like, it's just kind of, like, but, like, that's, like, I'm so sorry, man. It's just kind of, like, hey, do you want to do a podcast? Like, yeah, after I fucking figure out how to insure my kids.
1: Like, at this point, it all rolls off my fucking back, like, water on a, d du- i don't know if that's real I, I was trying to be smart with my southern sayings and i don't know if water rolls off a duck's back or not but if it does that's how it's happening over here the good the bad they come i feel like life is just this big ball of chaos and it's not necessarily about what happens to us it's about how we react to the thing that happens to us that sort of defines who you are and how your path goes so if if I concern myself about it and I stress out about it, I'm just going to fucking cause my blood pressure to go up, maybe have a heart attack. And Lord knows I can't afford that anymore. <laughs> so we got to keep it even keel, baby. I can't afford to go mercenary.
0: It's, I don't know. Like, we, I mean, everybody's been through a lot. Like the one thing I think that we aren't recognizing is that we've all, we've all just been through a fucking lot. Like no matter how you feel about Trump or against, like, That was a weird ride. And then like sliding into a fucking pandemic and now sliding into like really heavy political things that are going on that, you know what I mean? And everybody's got to have an opinion on it. Everybody's got to, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's complicated.
1: It feels like the the people who are speaking. Are, are pretty uneducated about the topics that they're speaking on. And I'm constantly asked as a person who is currently seeking a degree in video and film production, what my thoughts are on things that are well outside of my expertise. And if you say, well, I don't really have an opinion on that, or even worse, which is something that I sort of find myself feeling a lot these days, I don't care. <laughs> That is an unacceptable stance to take. Like you have to be right now in this moment. I mean, people are getting fired all over Hollywood right now. You have to take a stance on this Israel Palestine thing. And I don't have one because I'm not religious and I'm not smart enough to know about the fucking difficulties between Israel and Palestine. All I know is that what's happening is fucked up and that's the extent of my expertise. And I think, As an American, I've always held the idea that the people who run for office and the people who want to push our country forward are the ones who fix these things. But now they're sort of the catalyst (laughs) of the problem. Um, And I don't know. It seems like politicians in America, and perhaps it's a problem uh, in the world. I don't know.
0: It's worldwide at this point.
1: Well, they want to be rock stars. They don't want to be politicians. They want a fan base. They, wa- they want to be um, the Lauren Boberts and the Ted Cruzs and the the Donald Trump's, the Kamala Harriss. like it's not a Republican or a Democrat thing. It's if you want to be a politician, you have to have two things. You have to have controversy. Whether you believe it or not, you have to have it. Um, I think 97% of the Republicans did not vote to remove. The McCarthy guy from the Speaker of the House, 1% did, and he got removed. And that 1% is what's on TV. They don't give a shit about the opinion of the 98% because they're not controversial. It's the ones that are stirring up shit that get TV time, and we're sort of glued to that. And then you divide by social media and multiply by COVID isolation, and you've just got a hornet's nest of sad and angry people who I think are just looking for people who are of the same mindset. And, then uh, it's dangerous, violent mindsets that seem to be at the forefront of America. At least.
0: We didn't start lightly. This conversation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's hard to these days though, right? Like Ladies, it to touches walk- you on all, uh, all, all walks, you're getting touched by people who want, um, who want opinions and who want, who want you to be um, really loud about them. And I'm like, brother, I'm just trying to stay local and put a little time into my community and try to raise a, a family and whatnot. And shit, that's hard enough without having to fucking cure the world's problems. I mean, I got
0: sucked into that early on, that having an opinion on everything. Like, I was, I'm guilty as anybody. And, well, I mean, I kind of, like, I was a punk rocker. I was, you know, I was a kid. I had a mohawk. I went to, like, you know, in the 80s, like, the big thing was, like, against Cruz testing, and we all hated Ronald Reagan and listened to the Dead Kennedys. Like, that was, <clears throat> that was my 80s. But we also did a lot of LSD and, um... Like I went to Grateful Dead show. So it was a great kind of mix of things, you know, um, but uh, things have gotten kind of really, yeah, things, I don't know. Things have gotten pretty fucking heavy.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. But also like I try to stay cognizant of the fact that I'm alive. um, My kids are as healthy as they can be and I'm sort of in a place now where I, I recognize how important it is to do things on a small level. Cause you throw enough tiny pebbles into the ocean and eventually it'll rise. Um I think we gotta figure out how to make it not rise with ice caps and whatnot. I guess if you believe in, in you know what fuck that dude like come on. How do you how do you say if you believe in science? Like the world's burning up And no one really seems to care about the actual solutions. We just care about arguing over whether a thing that is real is real or not. So it it sort of keeps me separate because I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. And I didn't want to get political, but here we are. (laughs) Um, But it seems like I'm on the outside looking in uh, in my own country right now and. I'm doing my best to to help, but I think it's going to take everyone on a smaller level, and everybody get off their fucking social media high horse on the on the global level. Because <laughs> man, I'll if tell you can't... what. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bubba.
0: No, no, I'm just like this helps.
1: Yeah, hey. Are you Allegedly. allowed? Are
0: you allowed to talk about weed?
1: Yeah, oh, I did. I I just turned in. A film for a single cam two class um, at film school, and it's just my buddy rolling a blunt and smoking it. It was for a soundscape, and I just thought that the idea of like the grinder and, and like but, I don't uh, I don't are, have too many like, secrets.
0: Like I'll talk about weed and whatever that stuff, and I can smoke because it it's legal for me. But I don't want it. Like I don't want to put in any situation.
1: Now I um I now and like what what would they fucking what are they gonna do anyway? This uh. It's for entertainment purposes, allegedly. I I, hey, I, that could I, be CB. I, that could be CBD in there, man. It's like I've been arrested enough times in America to know. Oh, so that's just I, a vape. Get, get a lawyer. Yeah, it's uh Well, I mean, it's a. <clears> that's <throat> uh, it's it's a it's THC. I am um, I'm diagnosed bipolar, manic, depressive, right? And like all these pills that I've tried, the Depakotes and the Lithiums and the Zolofts and all that other shit. And I'm not saying that marijuana. Is a cure all, fix all, be all. Not saying everybody should smoke it. What I'm saying is that it works for me on a fundamental level of uh, keeping me from feeling like I want to like hang myself with my shoestrings in the closet and not know why. I well, spent yeah, a, I a mean, large portion of my life like that, but this helps. I mean, that's that's the.
0: It's so funny because just re- before I was about to record this podcast. I was like, um, I'm probably going to smoke a joint. And then in my little weed bag where I have a bunch of these, I was out of this particular strain, which is peach rings.
1: Oh, no, I I have a peach rings pin, dog. Hell yeah.
0: (laughs) So, but essentially it's like, if like this is going to be my first live on video podcast. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking try something that's going to like all of a sudden make me do something I can't expect. Like you're going to be stuck with me fucking brain dead or something. So I had to go chase down this strain because I knew it would be like, oh, I'll be fine doing that on a podcast.
1: But I weed, feel like at like... this point, I'm <clears throat> like, my my tolerance levels are like Snoop Dogg levels of fucking um, intake. But <laughs> I was in Washington, D.C., and, you know, it's illegal here, so, but it's legal there, and I had a about a gram of oil, of, of dabs, whatever you want to call them, and I knew I couldn't take them back, so I just sat in the hotel room and <laughs> smoked it for like four straight hours, and I'm like, I'm fine. I've done this before. No worries. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or this was just a particularly – like good good strain that I was I was chiefing on there but I got to the airport brother and I couldn't hold my fucking eyes open I'm like falling asleep in the That's security
0: a... line You never know which way it's going to go Anyway I should do a proper opening to this I, sh- I should I should kind of <laughs> It's Hello, so fucking gentlemen. hard for us to
1: do anything properly I don't think we've ever done Hello, anything properly gentlemen
0: welcome to blowhard there you go um yeah welcome to blowhard everybody this is my first uh one of my first filmed episodes uh our, my guest today is brian maxwell a guy i've known for a very long time a man who in 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 the kevin smith world might be known um you've done stuff with Telm steve dave i guess you've certainly been to the events you've uh I met you I met you playing hockey right
1: yeah up We in first I, Brantford Ontario I first met Brian in a
0: Brantford Ontario he had come up from Nashville to play hockey
1: <laughs> to play hockey the in dumbest a, thing it, ever oh it was so dumb but I that you can you can pinpoint it right I have a I have a tattoo. On my arm that that like indicates that moment in time because my wife and I were living in a no bedroom apartment we had no money and I had at the time it was like I know it's corny now but at the time everybody had like a bucket list or a thing like a list of things that these are sort of things that I want to do in my life before I die and I was a massive massive fan of the film Clerks. And I had at the very top of my list, number one, buy a home, because that's like, that was the American dream, is you have a house and a white picket fence, and that shit's dead, but I did it. Um, Number two was the most important thing in my life, other than being a homeowner, was to visit Kevin Smith's comic book store in New Jersey, and before I got a chance to do that, the hockey thing comes up, and my wife sort of pressures me to do it, and we went into a... A pretty nice amount of debt at the time to us to do it because she just always like her thing was like I just want him to be happy and she knew that that would that would make me happy and meeting Kevin was great right but that's where I met that's where I met you it's where I met Sean Stanley it's where I met Brian Johnson Walt Flanagan Brian Quinn all of these people who would sort of be the catalysts of my own journey in entertainment and writing and trying to not be a regular nine to five person that, that, that made me just, you know, unhappy. And I haven't looked back, bro. Like my entire life changed because of that silly charity ball hockey tournament. I mean, it's why I'm in college. It's why I'm a filmmaker. It's why I have my own production company. It's why my 17 year old is in college going to film school. Like all of those things were built off the back of Kevin Smith going, Hey, I'm a normal guy. Come hang out with me. (laughs) That's pretty fucking fun. When you think about it, right?
0: Like what, what, like what appealed, uh, what appealed to you about him? What a clerk and clerks, like what, what spoke to you?
1: He was, I lived in sort of in an area that was very evangelical. And, you know, don't curse. Don't use the Lord's name in vain. No one gives a shit if you're funny. Like, like stay in your lane, right? Don't be you. You can't be you in public. That's not a real thing. And then this dude, I don't know if it was he just didn't give a shit or if it was like part of the look at me, I'm like anti-proper culture, whatever it was. It just, he looked like me. He spoke like me. He told jokes like me. He was into, like, nerdy shit, but in, like, a cool kind of way. And I think all over, at least in my area, like, you could find two or three people who were super into that movie. And you knew that that person was somebody that you had some sort of common ground with. You wouldn't find too many people who were super into clerks back in the 90s. Um who weren't like in your wheelhouse, you'll find them now because it's become so hugely popular and influential. And it's been out for so long, but when it first dropped, it felt like that was a much smaller, you, you had people who had seen mall rats who hadn't seen clerks, right? Clerks was like its own special little thing. And my mom was working at a place called Ingram book distribution, but she got VHS screeners and I had a VHS screener copy of of clerks and that's the, like that's where my love for film that wasn't back to the future was born because I was super into like Robert Zemeckis and Steven Spielberg and that sort of cinema but clerks opened up well, a whole new fucking world man
0: well I, well I mean you can't I mean we we were all into that like Spielberg fuck like you know in your 80s like Raiders of, like seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark with my father when it came out is like you know that's a core memory that's just like I'll, I'll never forget like and my i remember my father referring to the movie as a sleeper and i was like what's a sleeper and he's like why well, <laughs> well i never heard of Hell it i yeah. i like, I, he'd never heard of it before and i'm like you never heard of it was anyway but i had a wonderful experience watching Raiders he's La- lost i mean spielberg's child is just your child spielberg is a happy childhood or it's a child nonetheless yeah. um but, yeah, but the funny thing about my experience is I first saw Clerk uh, uh, at the Toronto Film Festival. And uh, I was going to meet Kevin after. And uh, I liked it. I didn't love it. And it was really funny because, like, that's one of the one of the reasons we became friends, he says, is that, like, we went for this dinner and, like, John Pearson was there and all these fucking indie fucking people were there. And Scott Mosher... And Kevin were there and uh, I'd never met them before. And I kind of said, and I had a nine hundred two 90210 t-shirt on and. uh, Hell yeah. And and like everybody's talking about the movie and Kevin says like, we like our first conversation was like, uh, so what do you think of the movie? And I literally said, it's all right. Um, (laughs) Like I hadn't like, like I just watched it. And it had a lot of hype on the festival circuit. So I was, you know, I was still processing it. And it's just like it didn't it like like it's 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 a good movie, but it's not like it's not one where I was like, Oh my god, like this speaks to me.
1: Um I mean later I think on I think Kevin a lot, Kevin like, appreciates uh I think he appreciates your realness. Like, cause I know, and I think it's like the world knows that every so often Kevin has kerfuffles <laughs> with like you or Brian Johnson. And the reason why is this because you're honest and you communicate with, I think I said the reason why, like I fucking, I'm in his head. I think the reason why most people keep the friends that they do is for two reasons. One that their friends will say the truth and let them know how they really feel, or two, they'll tell them what they want to hear. You don't really find middle ground. And that's what I've always appreciated about you is when I say something stupid or if I'm sort of out of my lane, um, I can recall on hand um, a gun conversation that was had in this country not too long ago. And I think you either DM'd me or texted me. It might've just been, and it, and it just said, it literally just said, you're too smart for this. And I sat back and I was, I really started thinking about the shit that I was saying, um, of like around this sort of gun debate. And I realized like, I don't even believe the shit that I'm saying. I, uh, like I'm just countering the, 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 these people who I like, are are sort of psychotic and and nonsensical about the issue. Um, so you've always been a guy in my life, and we don't talk as much uh, as I would like because things get in the way and 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 life comes at you. But you've always been a person in my life that I could count on when I needed, whether it was film advice, life advice, um, questioning, like what what is like what is gay like do i have to suck a dick to be gay or can i just find (laughs) men attractive like you know what i'm saying like when i have questions that i need answered i know i can always go to my man malcolm ingram
0: (laughs) yeah sucking a dick does make you gay um it feels like it does (laughs) like but it's but the thing about it is but then what's wrong with that like actually, being sucking a dick doesn't make you gay. It means you're—I don't know—you're bi or whatever. I mean, I mean that's a whole yeah. fucking other fucking thing. Like that—that's a rainbow I've lived under. And actually, that's a complicated... Like you—you you weren't always a big fan of my people, my the homosexuals. Now, yeah. Well, um, I
1: was—I—I I I was just ignorant and trained to a certain thing. Meeting you was a big turning point in not just how I saw the gay community, but how I understood humanity, because all I ever knew was Mississippi, Tennessee racist, homophobic father, right? Like, and I'd never been out into the world and I'd never met anybody. And it's even the people that, that I would meet, you know, they were just real in their shell because it was fucking Mississippi. But then I'm sitting on a fucking back porch in Los Angeles (laughs) <laughs> and it's like a different conversation. And I remember just asking you straight up questions. And a lot of people were like, what is this conversation that's happening right now? <laughs> Cause we were going fucking deep homie. And it was just like a hangout where everybody was just having fun. And me or me and you were over there in the corner, like, look, we're going to figure some shit out tonight. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like,
0: I don't know, man. Like I came out in my thirties, like it was tough. Like I think now, like you know, I I have a lot of kind of residual. I have a lot of anger. I'm an ang. I mean, like I, I'm. I have a lot of. Ang- it's so funny because I'm. I'm trying to rebuild myself right now. Um, I've suffered some loss in my life, and it's made me be really conscious about the person I am and what I have to give. Um, and I think that's really important. And I think that like. I've had so much anger, and I've literally, I, I, as my sister said it yesterday, um, I have a hot tongue, and uh, which my God, see my sister, that have connotation. Put that on a
1: fucking (laughs) t-shirt.
0: My, my sister, my sister says I have a hot tongue. (laughs) Um. Oh Lord. Anyway. But yeah, so I, I have a, I have a temper and, and uh, I realize yeah. it's because of uh, I have, well, besides the fact that I came out of the closet in my third, like being gay, like growing up gay, like, you know, in the 70s and 80s wasn't like, you know, AIDS just came. It was just like, what the fuck? Like from the, like I hit puberty when. AIDS was on the cover of Time magazine. So when you're figuring out your sexuality and then you're realizing that like that thing that's constantly on your fucking mind could also kill you is a real fucking it really fucks with your head. It really fucks your relationship with sex, with men, with this, with that. And then it just kind of like, and then I stayed in the closet because I was just like, I was just a fucking dumb, like big dumb. Fucking suburban kid that loved Divine, very open about it. Like I I like at a battle of bands at our high school, like I dressed as Divine and did think you're a man. Like at my fucking high school battle of bands, like one guy's like one band's doing Nazareth, the other one's doing like some Floyd <laughs> thing. And I show up and I had two female, my friends uh Leela Sharma and uh Sue Newmeyer and another couple of my friends. They were my backup singers. And I fucking came out in a fucking dress and a wig. They did my makeup. And yeah, I was like fucking 16, 17 years old. And like, I think about that now. And and, and I'm also talking about being in the closet till I'm 30. So some shit got out, I guess, you know, but I, I like, I don't know. I, I, I got away with it. Like, fucking, I don't know. Or, or maybe everybody knew that I was gay. I have no idea. When I told I my bro- that... I'm sorry, go ahead. Like when I told my brother I was gay, he literally fell off a chair in the most cartoon. We were in a bar. And my brother were sitting, like we we're sitting in the bar. And when I told my brother I was gay, he literally did a Looney Tunes, like, whoa! And he fell on his ass. And I was just like. Well, wow, it's memorable. I'll remember this.
1: I had uh, the absolute pleasure to be um, a part of a show on HBO that's going to drop pretty soon. It's called We're Here. And it's the um, drag queens who had won RuPaul's Drag Race. They go out into communities that are sort of um, going uh, hardcore against the the ideas of anything that's gay or drag and the town hey, that I, I live did, next to happens hey, to I, be. I said, Hey,
0: I did that. Hey, I did
1: that. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to all these, these people and I'm sort of processing my, uh, my own. And I, I'm like, like, so I'm in this weird place where it's like, I'm in a heterosexual relationship with a woman for 18 years But I absolutely find all, uh, all like men, women, trans uh, women. um, Sometimes, like I find all of these things attractive, and my my makeup artist, Khaled, who I put through the fucking ringer because apparently I'm like allergic to makeup and shit, and I just kept sweating it all off. Poor guy. He said it's 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 really less about what other people think you are. (laughs) He's like, what do you feel, baby? And I was like, I started crying and shit and I was like, all right, man. And that felt like really, really good advice at the moment. um, Cause I think there is a, I don't know. There's just a lot of confusion that surrounds that, that sort of world. And I just don't envy anyone who has to figure it out or deal with it on their own or from a place of what's the right word not incorrect or ignorant, but just from a, from a, a, a place of, um, social media opinions and belonging. And I think we're all just really searching for like our own family and a place to belong. And that's a, it can be a dangerous thing. It really can't.
0: I mean, uh, it's a it's, a, It's a really complicated, it's complicated because essentially when you feel like an outsider, you want to find a way to fit in. Um, Like essentially it's, it's, it's a very basic primal thing. You want to be part of a tribe. We're, We're like by nature, most of us are social creatures. And the thing about it is, is that I think that right now. Uh, in places like the gay community and stuff, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, back and forth, a lot of argy bargy about a lot of issues, like like with kind of what's going on with the kind of a new conservatism. Everybody's getting really kind of frightened, and then there's this kind of new newer newer concept that's coming to the mainstream, which is um, the trans, uh, you know, the trans thing um and I I basically I think that people are having a lot of uh, hard times adjusting to to everything and it's kind of like and one thing I mean like one of my big problems with kind of the way the world works today is this advocacy groups that form um, that are basically nonprofits. But essentially, what people don't know about nonprofits is that like you get a salary. If you work for a nonprofit, they'll still pay you. Like, you know, it's they just they just don't make profits, but the money they make can go to pay salaries. And I think there's there's a lot of um very controversial issue-based things that now, our financing, and it's become an industry to kind of support things. And I think that, yeah, yeah. you know, at, at the at the beginning of all of this, there's actually like, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to kind of, to all, to, to I'm, it's not all of a sudden, but to, to realize that like I am not who I am supposed to be. That must be the fucking hardest thing to struggle with. identify then struggle with then try and figure out your path and then figure out what you're going to do and figure out what you need to do to make yourself happy anybody who has to go on that journey has my empathy and has my respect because that's a hard journey to go on to and if that's if that's really your authentic journey man that's fucking tough The problem is, is that all of a sudden, a lot of people got opinions on that, Um, you know, either either way, every way. And and we lose sight of what is actually, like, we should all be fighting for the fundamental rights of everybody. Everybody should have fundamental rights. Um, And we shouldn't be, there should be no divisiveness about. Like, same with abortion, things like that. Like, we should be fighting for people to have fundamental rights. People should be able to feel safe and secure. Like, there's just basic needs that we're, like, we are entitled to. I don't like to use the word entitled too much, but we are all entitled to that. But when everybody feels they have to have an opinion on it, and take these fucking opinions and in social media where basically everybody wants to make the fucking most noise and wants to be the most fucking righteous and wants to be the most right. And this and that and therefore it just builds into this huge amount of noise that ultimately doesn't help the thing that needs help and ultimately creates an industry into itself. And like you could say this about the gun lob, you could say this about anything, like all of those things basically are about making money more so than about like I was nominated for a GLAAD. I made a documentary called Small Town Gay Bar. I was nominated for a GLAAD award. GLAD is like a very big rights organization. Queer. Um, I wanted to bring my mother to the event in New York. I was a fucking first time really poor documentarian. They wouldn't let me go to the event unless i paid 750 dollars for me to bring my mother like i'm like i got nominated like you guys nominated me like i'm i'm up and they're like no like literally showtime who had backed the movie like paid like ended up having to pay for me And it was just like, and and then I went to the event and it was just full of these fucking rich fucking like everybody just sitting around breaking their fucking arms, patting themselves on the back. Like literally. Like they should have just formed a fuck. It should have just been a conga line of these fucking guys just fucking patting themselves on the back. Like, oh, we're fucking helping the world. And then it's just like, what? Like, I, I'd like to see the salaries of some of the people at God, Like, you know what I mean? It's it's like, it's fucking like, look, advocacy is important. We have to support each other. We have to make sure people are protected. But it shouldn't be. A, it's not an industry. It's not a business. And ultimately, that's, that is the biggest problem is that I think that a lot of the people. Like, one of the statistics that frustrates me the most is when they talk about trans people being murdered, which absolutely happens. The thing they ignore is that a lot of it happens in the South and a lot of it happens with black trans people. So basically like they're they're, like, is there a massive headquarters like base in the South? Are people like, you know, are people being taken care of those people? Or is it just people in New York and like in the coast Like having these, you know, like they're just spouting out the numbers and it's just like, they're doing nothing to help the actual people that are being hurt. That's my rant.
1: That it's, it's had a similar experience with autism speaks who I did. Um, what I thought was some really, really good work for, but then you realize that that money, the majority of that money. And I'm like, you can Google it and confirm for yourself. The majority of that money, and it's like you said, the NRA, no different. They they're in the business of making money to promote themselves to make more money. It's like a lazy Ponzi scheme, <laughs> right? Like, and it is extremely disheartening to know that the largest global, if you're, if you're a charity and you're global, I am of the opinion that you're probably not doing what you should be doing. <laughs> it's the local small charities that really get things done in the world. Um, so I would say to anyone who, who supports a large, large, large sized, uh, charity or nonprofit, I would really look into, cause you can find these things. I would look into how much they actually put into the things that you're donating to. And I know at least in the, the, the small community that I've been able to interact with, um, small lesbian, gay, trans, um, non straight community, I guess I, I should say, cause I don't want to start lumping people together. Cause I know that's a whole thing <clears throat> that gets complicated and there's a lot of infighting, um and inclusiveness and exclusiveness as it goes in the gay community right now. But the experience that I've had in the deep South with the people who are here right now is that it's as bad as it's ever been. When um, Sasha Valor and Priyanka landed, it was less than 12 hours, less than 12 hours that they were in the state of Tennessee before someone drove by in a pickup truck and yelled faggot less than 12 hours that was mind-blowing to me but you know what's interesting
0: that's new the thing about it is 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 that one interesting thing about the south um that i've always found and when we're making small town gay bar i found like the thing about the south is they think it's like they'll talk behind your back but they think it's rude to say it to your face like that's they'll burn a fucking cross on your lawn, yeah. but they'll fucking sit next to you in the fucking grocery aisle. Like they're they're they, like they don't like the like when we went film small town gay bar, we were like four people, like fucking just going from place to place, and like ultimately, like a lot of the gay people, like they like, I guess the word is like they like, the words here is like they don't want it in your face. And like, that's a complicated <laughs> fucking, like, that's a, like, w- like it's like insanity. What? Yeah. But essentially, if like, the South was like, it just, it was like, it was there, but it was, it was more under the thing. It was just kind of like, where now it just seems with Trump, everybody's emboldened. Now everybody's just saying what the fuck they want.
1: A hundred percent. Um, Couldn't agree more. I got some plumbing work done (laughs) right after Trump lost. And because I'm a big old white guy covered in tattoos, the guy who came to do my plumbing just started saying the most outlandishly like racist shit. And I'm like, homie, like, are you assuming that I'm like a racist? (laughs) And he just like paused and stopped. He was so like Trump absolutely emboldened. Uh, it's, it was, it's still a scary time around here and I have no problem saying it. I said it on HBO. I'll say it on blowhard. I'll say it to anyone who will listen. It is, it is a scary, scary time. Um, around here where I'm at Nashville, uh, and surrounding areas. It gets exponentially worse. The further you get away from this city, uh, when you get down to Alabama, you get down to Kentucky, um, it's not just that they dislike things or that they hate things they, they it's they they want to hurt people you can you can see it on on faces and it, it it i don't know man it's it's a thing where it's like i um i'm actively trying to be loud about it and stand up about it but when that hbo show drops i'm fucking terrified homie Cause I'm like, this is my name and this is where I live. And I think you people are fucked up <laughs> and that's fucking scary. Here's the
0: thing, man. And I think this is also important to say. One of my, one of my dearest friends, in the world, um, ended up being a, a, a Trump supporter and it broke, my, like it was a person, it was a guy that I knew, um, for for a good while, a person who helped me out a lot in my life, very good person, and we just like you know, I just assumed you know, uh, whatever. Um, he's clo- closeted. He's closeted gay. He's still closeted to this day. Um, and uh, he told me like because I was talking. He was he was on Facebook and he was talking about the Benghazi. And I was just like, the Benghazi. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck do you know about Benghazi? The Benghazi, what are you talking about? And I called him and I was just like, what are you fucking going It was the first time I'm like, oh my God, like you're fucking, you're that? You're one of those them Benghazi people? Like Jesus Christ, it literally, it threw me. And I just called him and I was so angry and I was so hurt and I was just like, the thing about him is is he just didn't understand like trump like when i saw trump coming like i saw a, fucking a post i did in like 2015 like early where i'm like that donald trump's doing these beer hall push which is a, a reference to like the way the fucking like the uh the nazi party kind of won people over in Germany they kind of went to beer halls and really rallied people up and i and like but like this like really like one of my favorite people is now a trump and for i did for 6 months i i took to process it i was like i can't fucking ever be friends and i'd go on facebook and fuck uh! you know i was that guy and then i fucking found him was like you know I had to come have a moment where I'm just like, look, he has these beliefs. He has these beliefs because of where he lives and the people around him. And this is, he doesn't know better or he just doesn't know different. This is what he knows. So, um, fuck it. I like him as a person. So I just continued to talk to him about it. And then when the pandemic came, I was like, you gotta go get you know you 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 gotta go get a fucking needle you got it? he's like no and i said you have to you have to do it for your fellow man it's not about you and we would and we would argue about it and in the end like ultimately like and i like i literally i bought him masks like from ebay and i sent them to him like i was so trying to like protect them and stuff um but like the reality of this situation is about that whole pandemic that we never really like talk about is that like a lot of stuff was wrong and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like, and I was the one prophet like I was the one talking about it saying like, you got to do this. And I was wrong, but I was taking what I, you know, what I thought all the advice was and it was all full of half truths and that politics got involved. So nobody really wanted to be, wrong wrong so nobody we've never really had a proper kind of examination of like look it's good to wear a mask but it only really works if you wear an n95 mask and the n95 mask were perfectly has to be fitted all true but like those fucking cloth masks over your face ain't doing nothing like they're just um but not everybody could afford n95 masks not everybody had access 1095 mass so it's a comp. it becomes a social issue <clears throat> um an availability issue a this issue a that issue and it just basically happened at a time when the you know the nation was literally on fire like america like fucking january like just yeah it was a crazy like crazy we we saw crazy things and the funny thing is is that everything's just starting to kind of as crazy as things are right now, it feels like it's kind of calming down, but like we're just about to now go back up the roller coaster with the election next year. And it's just like, oh, what the fuck? Just like, like, you could say whatever the fuck you want about Biden, this, that, or therefore, but I haven't had... The fee- Like, you would wake up and see a, a tweet from Trump and be like, Jesus fucking, like, what the, like, do you remember how fucking crazy that was? Like, you'd wake up and he'd just say something and be like, what does that mean? Like, fucking, uh, what's his face? The comedian, um, uh, the guy who, uh, blah, 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 John, um, Mulaney his his horse in a hospital thing have you ever heard the routine yeah it's one of the funniest like go i'm not gonna fucking tell it go look for it. john mulaney horse in a hospital it's the best definition of what trump was it's just like is it bad we don't know we've never had a horse in the hospital like it's um, you know, and the thing about it is, is that like you gotta wonder, like, what Trump is selling like. And like, it's just like, how broken are we that, like, that's, you know, that, that, that's. I
1: think throughout history, though, it's not like, granted, in the short history of America, <clears throat> uh, and like, I'm no historical fucking scholar, but I mean, he's, he's a sort of a one of a kind in the, in the sense that, He has no fucking decorum whatsoever. All these other dudes are doing the same shit. They're grabbing pussies. They're snorting coke. They're doing all that shit. You have to be a fucking narcissistic, egomaniac, sociopath to go, I can be the leader of the free world and put all this shit back together. I would never, ever want to be the president of the fucking United States. That's an insane thing to want to be. But... It does certainly feel like right now, for me anyway, that we are. And I don't know if it's ever going to change. Right, we're we're constantly under the threat of our. Uh, and I don't think it's an experiment anymore. Like I think we've we've established that America is a, is a viable country if ran properly. But I think this thing could could easily come to an end when you think about things like the guy who saved America is one of the worst people that I've ever fucking heard of in my life. Mike Pence, like gay conversion therapist, fucking right wing psycho religious guy. Mike Pence is probably the reason why Donald Trump (laughs) is not still the fucking president. So how many of these little men in black moments are happening at all fucking times? And there's just too many. We're like 50 tiny countries pretending to be one and there's ju- there's just too many stupid people who have votes in congress and in in local elections and judges who are, f- are just fucking dumb judges who don't fundamentally even understand the law and that it's just a it's a it is a a, a problem that blankets sort of every institution of America and i think you touched on something that is crucially important To not just America, but the world coming out the other side of this thing, right? We have to start having civil conversations with people that we disagree with. We can't think of it in terms of, you're a fucking idiot. I can't believe you think that. And we have to start thinking of it in terms of, man, I don't understand how you could possibly think that. I want to understand why you do. And once we understand why people believe the earth is flat, perhaps we can figure out how to get them back on the right team. Because just showing them a fucking experiment does nothing. They go, I don't believe that. Right? So without understanding why a person believes the thing that they do, like, why was I anti-LGBT in 1997? right? In today's society, they'd go, fuck you, you fucking homophobe. Go die in a ditch. Instead of, like, damn, dude. Why do you think that shit? Because that's what happened with us on that fucking porch in LA that night. You didn't go, fuck you, dude. That's gross. Get the fuck away from me. You were like, hold up, homie. How did you get to that place in life? And it changed me (laughs) forever, and it's like a butterfly effect out into the world, too, right? It's It's a... it's just a civil conversation to trying to get people to under understand things. Cause I still, I'm, a, I'm an ally as a, or I mean, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a bi dude. I don't know. I'm one of the, I'm somewhere right up in there. Right. Um, but I'm confused about a lot of things and I still don't know a lot of things and I don't understand all the the pronouns necessarily, but I'm desperately trying to, but that shit, it takes time right and i'm i'm in the community so imagine how difficult it must be for a wrangler wearing farmer in fucking oklahoma to try to understand pronouns right like well that's the, you got to give this shit a little bit of time i think
0: i mean that's the thing i mean look at the civil rights movement one of the most impressive movements in the history of civilization it, like it was like mostly nonviolent uh, like you know, it, it, it was an organization that basically created an, an incredible change that it took so long, and its its effects are still being felt and challenged. But you know, I mean, it it was a long, it, you know, it was a it was a it was a long movement. The trans um, movement, like it's just, I, I hate to fucking I hate to use the word like trans movement or thing it's just like people who are discovering that they're trans um like not everybody's caught up to, to everything like the whole like dead naming and stuff like that it's just like some things really offend um trans people and i i understand empathize why it would but we have to meet halfway and be like with the reason like, I, I don't know, I, I like, I don't know what it means, like, that, I don't know what it means to you that this bothers you so much. And if I understood it, then maybe, like, it would be, like, it's, it's easier to kind of recognize, it's like, oh. Like, you know what I mean? And I understand, man, like, like, it's just, like, to be, like, I mean, especially right now, like like movements, like you know, uh, you know the trans movement stuff, like that. There, there's so much fucking people with fucking opinions. They're just constantly fucking
1: blah
0: blah blah, blah on both sides, and like wow. I, I look at both sides. Sometimes and I'm like, "What the fuck are you saying? Like, what, what, And it's and just it, like can get-
1: it gets very aggressive right i think that's where i draw issue with it because i'm on this college campus right and much like the racist plumber from earlier a lot of these the like i don't know this might be mean but i call them blue hairs because they just tend to have their hair dyed blue (laughs) so when you see someone with their hair dyed blue um, and I'm, I'm like, I, I was, this is a specific example. I was in a class and it's first you class this, that, that you have to specify the group. You're talking about, okay. Who is a blue, blue hair? hair? Like, like their, their hair is dyed blue. They're wearing a beanie. Um,
0: what do they and
1: believe? They, though, the, they believe that you should know everything all the okay. time. So we're, I'm in the class, I think maybe second or third class. I don't know any of these fucking people. I've never met these fucking people. And somebody wrote something that I liked in a screenwriting class. And I said, well, I think she's a brilliant writer. And her friend looked at me and goes, it's they, them. That was very rude. How the fuck was I supposed to know that, bruh? But the thing about it is that's not even like, that's just not a
0: proper way to talk to like, that's just not a good way to communicate. That's just bad communication skills. Like the better way to do that would be like, actually, and then maybe educate you a little. Like I know you as a person, you would open to it. But then again, I don't know. Like then again, I guess there's another set of mind that's like, fuck you. Like this is just who we are. So fucking accept it. And I don't have to explain myself to you. And it's just like, I understand that attitude, but it's not going to get you where you want to be. And like the one thing I've recognized in my life, I'm a very difficult person. I've created a lot of my own problems and struggles in my life were created by myself. (laughs) Um, And so I've had to learn fast, hard rules. Like I've had to learn. I'm basically to be a functioning human being. That's still like able to, you know, to have the privilege of doing a podcast and stuff like that. Like I have to be accountable for things and like, you just start asking yourself fundamental questions just like well how do i want this to end where do i want this to be what am i what do i want what is the end game here so basically if somebody's asked me a question like that and it's just something that like i'm carrying like i'm carrying like that person who responds to you like that is carrying the knowledge that could help you understand it but instead of like taking the time a moment to fuck it just say well it's this and this is why they're just like and and that is just arming other people to be like well they were like that so we're gonna be like this blah 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 like the thing about it is is everything's gray, man there's no fuck like absolute rights like our absolute rights we all have the right to fucking be free and not just as long as you're not fucking hurting people, you know, not exploiting people, then you got a right to fucking just be and do your shit. Totally understand. And you should be protected. Everybody should be fucking protected until you put yourself in a situation where you're fucking. You know, you you leave the human fucking whatever. Like you know,
1: yeah, I just, bro. I people. just want I want everybody to be happy, healthy, comfortable to feel safe, to not have anxiety. Uh, Because I'm like, I'm in the best place I've been in my entire life. As long as I can remember being alive, I've been sad. When I was five years old, I was sad and didn't know why, right? And it feels like I'm in this great place right now, and it's because I have this, this just support system everywhere I go. MTSU, the college supports everything I do. Um, They get me amazing opportunities. My wife and kids are like the fucking greatest. Uh, I make things and I put them on YouTube and, and people are like, this is great. Like I have all these wonderful things in my life and I'm trying to 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 give back the first jail that I ever got locked up in for weed. I started an audio video program. I've been there for 10 months. They just made their first short film. I'm volunteering on Thanksgiving and the day after because no one else does programs those days because they have other shit to do that's more important. Right. But I just, same thing, man. It's, it, and it's not about legacy or anything like that. It's just, I feel like, again, it's like this big ball of chaos and anything that we can do as individuals. Uh, even if it's with a little bit of ego and and hubris and and like, it's, it's okay to say, look at what I've done every so often. Uh, but if, if we as individuals put in the work to help the people who are within our reach, right? Not hopping on Twitter and going, this is how we save the world. Elon Musk could feed all the children. You're just saying dumb shit. That's never going to happen. Right. Get out there and do something tangible and and like do it for the right reason, right? Do it because you know there's somebody that you love that could be in that situation. Cuz that's how fucking quick it turns. It's instant. And you have no fucking control over it. I know we like to think we do, but you have no control over it. Shit pops off and and you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, there's a, a a beautiful park in Nashville, a kid died the other day cause two guys got in a shootout three streets over had nothing to do with him. He was just at the park having a good day and then it's over. Right? So you have this finite amount of time that we spend on this fucking rock that's spinning through whatever shout out, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> that's my knowledge of fucking science right there, dude. I don't know anymore, but, but we have this finite amount of time, man. And, I didn't really do anything with mine. I played video games and made silly movies. And although the silly movies were less than like, that's actually a tangible thing. But I just spent all this time having fun, like for myself and letting off steam or like, you know, y'all need to relax because life's so hard. And what I found on the other side of it is that instead of doing all the shit for me, when I do things for other people, it's actually much more rewarding and satisfying and gives me sort of like a a life energy that makes me want to get up and keep going and fucking maybe at the end of the day maybe probably not but maybe at the end of the day somebody looks back and goes Fuck, man i sure am glad brian was around like he really did some dope shit. that would be
0: kind of cool i mean the, the one true fact is that helping people feels good like it it literally and like like i don't want to like i don't want to sound too hippie or anything um but it's just kind of like helping people does feel good um like and the, the like the internet kind of like the concept of community has gotten so broad like internet communities and people finding each other and like fallen in love like you know a country away and all that stuff like i think that like we're losing sight to our you know as our, the local community and like what you what you're doing is reaching out to your own community that shit's so fucking important like that like to actually like what could i do around here like what 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 needs to be done here like um I mean, it's fucking really tough right now. Like, the fucking world is fucking like, like I live, like, you know, the street corner where I live, like, there's always junkies. There's always, you know, a new set of people. I open my door, I'm always knocking into them. I try and act as nice as possible. But it's just like, it's just, it's just what's happening now. It's just like fucking people can't afford homes. Like, it, you know, it happened in my family. Like, I, I you know, I, I lost my brother through fucking you know a series of circumstances that fucking involve fucking homelessness and this and that and just kind of like it's awful it's fucking horrible it and it it it, 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 it like if i think too much like I'm, I don't want to think about it too much right now because I'll go somewhere with it but I don't want to but people really need fucking help right now and it's just like and they what they don't need is fucking you on the fucking internet fucking saying like blah blah, blah, blah like that don't mean shit it doesn't help doesn't help like being that internet warrior is not doing anything that you think it's doing, and everybody just thinks you're an asshole yeah. i used to all the fucking time i'd be like <laughs> yeah. now i just post, i just post pictures of my cat or me swimming i'm just like these are my this is my happiness I'm, i want to share my happiness with you. Like, i
1: do love a good instagram picture of you in a fucking hotel pool young man <laughs>
0: But it's that's like literally because I've realized like like all I care about now in fucking life like my happiness is here is my happiness is being really stoned in a pool like moving and especially because I'm fat it's just kind of like a pool gives you that and it's just like there's nothing I like more and I fucking put on headphones and, like, uh, like I've had, I had some health problems last year, and I had to take some fucking um, steroid, um, cortisone or whatever, and it was fucking, like, it... Anybody, any doctor that tells you you need to take steroids, find out if there's anything else that you could do, because they fucking <laughs> fuck you up. Um, but essentially, I ended up fucking, like, I got a fucking big-ass booty now. I got a big ass... Um, okay. like I gain cuz one of the things they make you gain weight in like places so um but i was having problems walking and now i kind of so i went to the, i was i started going to the pool to kind of rehabilitate myself that was a long twisted story for nothing anyway i love swimming i love pools well we I found
1: love, out you got you got cakes now so that's fun <laughs> there you go
0: but it's just kind of <laughs> like <laughs> But like basically, right now, like my main focus is like I started taking fucking Adderall because I want to be like Donald Trump. No, (laughs) no, I started taking Adderall. Like I've had ADHD all my fucking life. I've known about it, and finally during the pandemic, I was like, "Well, let's get tested." So all of a sudden, you're kind of like, you know. So now I'm kind of I'm trying out things to kind of help me. I'm trying to find as much tools as possible to kind of make myself the better, best person I could be. Um, and it's weird because it does like things like Adderall do have an effect on your personality. It's always my fear. Like the thing about the thing about ADHD is your fucking brain is so fucking busy that you just have things going through constantly. And it's really good for humor because fucking you, you could really quickly throw things out. Adderall isn't good for humor at all, because essentially you, it gives you that moment where you kind of, that moment where you'd usually kind of go off, it kind of, you, you kind of pause for a minute. So it's an interesting thing to get used to that beat of, uh, but like essentially like, you know, mental health, like figuring that out, man, like I, because I've, I've been with most people, I mean, like I've been plagued with like kind of really interesting issues that like i haven't had the time or money or interest in ever exploring and when you start exploring them it's scary it's fucking scary at first But then you're like well i you know if 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 you can be the best person you could be you could you know then try and do that but it's not for everybody like i love that
1: i love that just try and do that not not hey assholes be the best you can be but just just try your hardest to be it just be better than you were yesterday just in a tiny small little way because it's little baby steps no like i don't think anything substantial other than death happens overnight (laughs) it takes you nine months to be born it takes you one second to fucking die (laughs) right (laughs) everything else takes time um Yeah, man, I think, I think, at least in our time that I've known you, it very much feels like, um, because we had a pretty good conversation yesterday, it feels like you're in a place now where you sort of recognize the, like the the top of the mountain kind of bear that you were, and now you're, you're sort of, seeing it from like a, a, a take a step back perspective does that like work like with the the adderall and the personality does that worry you at at all because that was a big fear for me when i sort of changed my personality or whatever that that i wouldn't be because the only thing that ever got me in a room was i was i was loud and proud and different and and i was like man if i'm if I'm like other assholes and I'm just normal, like, are people going to still like me? And i like, they like me way better, which is the answer for me personally. But like, does that worry you that the, you're going to become sort of a different person?
0: Well, I mean, I see myself becoming a different person, like, you know, in, in little bits and ways, but like, as long as it doesn't, as long as it's going towards better, like if I'm less funny, but easier to be around, like, you know what I mean? Like fucking everybody's comedian these days, like fucking like, you know, maybe I'm, maybe it's not my role fucking to be the fucking, uh, to be the big mouth anymore. be the, Well, always be the blowhard, but you know what I mean? It's just kind of like. I never fucking a million fucking years thought I'd make it to 55. I'm 55 years old. And I'm like, how the fuck did this happen? Like I was <laughs> supposed to be, I thought i would be dead in the ditch at 26. Like every fucking day has just been like, what this and that. And therefore, and like, sometimes you wake up and, you, and it's just like, still like, I'm still fucking like, it's just like, like life is like life isn't short life is long like it's so funny in one way it's short but another way it's like life is long and you just gotta you know and i think that the life is gonna get really complicated in the next year and i'm i i think i'm just kind of preparing myself for kind of uh the challenges are showing themselves i think that you're kind of like you're seeing the kind of You know, the glass start to break. You're kind of like, well, I wonder where this is going to go. Well, you know, we're we're all going to be here for it. And I want to be the best prepared I am mentally to kind of like, okay. So this is, you know, because like it could go fucking like it could go. It could go anywhere. And mentally, you know, you just want to be as strong as possible.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm. I'm cognizant every day Uh, if I'm not happy how can anyone in my circle be happy and especially for the kind of just the kind of person I am right it's like there's never any sort of middle my highs are fucking high man I fucking live but those lows they are fucking low man (laughs) and I'm trying to figure out a way to, I can't remember who told me, but they was like, if you can figure out any way. And he's like, don't know if you'll ever be able to but just, just try. If you can make those highs feel a little bit more here and make those lows feel a little bit more here, then you're going to be a, in a, in a much, much better place. So I try not to, I try not to sh- like pat myself on the back and stroke my ego. Um, because I've, I've accomplished a lot in the last five years that I'm super fucking proud of, but I never talk about it. I hide it because it feels like if I, if I start praising myself and it's like, look at all this hard work I did and look at these fucking things I did, uh, it's, I don't know. It's gonna, it's gonna take away from it somehow or it's gonna make what I'm doing like matter less. Which could be just crazy, but it is how I feel. It's a no, it's, it, a, it's, a, it's a, like that's the that's the beautiful thing about the conversations that we have, right? Is like we don't just talk about like standard type shit. Like these are things that we're actively processing. Like when we say trying yeah. to get better every day, that's a thing that's happening right now. Right? Like it's like right now, it's and I'm smoking. It's like it's entertainment, and we want to, we want everyone like listening to have a good time and to be able to have this little hour or whatever away from their normal life where they can relax. Um, but at the same time, you like you gotta you gotta realize like we're the people whose podcasts you listen to. They're human beings too, and they're going through the same things that you're going through. Those most movie stars, they're going through the same thing you're going through. Those politicians who are are psychos, they're going through the same things we're going through. It's just we don't we don't believe that as human beings that we're all going through the same shit. We separate ourselves into these fucking categories. Um, well, but like everything in life, it's complicated, right?
0: <laughs> it's the human experience, man. Like I've look, I've you know, I've slept. I've slept on floors. I've slept on couches. I've slept on beautiful couches. Like, you know, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen, I remember one of the craziest things I ever did in my life. And it's something that I just recalled. Um, it's a story I've never fucking told, but, um, I remember back in the day, um, like when I was making taillights fade. So like the nineties, um, I like basically, you know, you, you fucking, those were the days drugs were fun. You know, you're fucking in my twenties, do crazy shit. I remember getting paid. Um, I got 10,000, Like, I didn't have a bank account. So I got a check and I had $10,000 cash on me in a bag, $10,000 cash. And I went out drinking cause I was staying at a buddy's place. <laughs> of course and I was you bringing did. the bag with me. <laughs> But I was bringing the bag with me and my hand to my my whole family in heaven. This is where this is where the story went from here. So I'm walking around with a bag of like 10 grand. um, And all of a sudden I get drunk and there's this part of town you go where you get drugs. It was back in the day before, like, you know, you had to worry about, you know, what you got. So I went looking for for some blow like down in the bad part of town, I ended up meeting a prostitute who was going to bring me to her room and the, 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 uh, the Coke turned out to be crack, but drunkers can't be choosers. So it's like, well, I guess. <laughs> and then all I've of a there. sudden, <laughs> all, I mean, then all of a sudden, like, you, you know, you do your first hit a crack and you're, and you just kind of like, Wait a minute. Like I'm literally in a fucking crack hotel, like fucking this fucking dumb big drunk white guy, probably wearing some fucking Mickey Mouse on his shirt, looking like a fool with ten thousand dollars cash in my bag. I'm like, where in God's name? Like this is a story I couldn't tell where mother's off. I'm just like I was simply went to the bar that night and was just kind of like, and I just happened to like, I don't know, like it, the, the series of events. And then in my head, very quickly went like, oh, this to go really bad. Like if anybody, <laughs> if anybody in this fucking knew that I had, like I would be dead so quick. Like it would just be.
1: I could not imagine. Uh, Cause I w- I've had a similar situation where you pay for a thing and you get another thing. Um, Short of putting a needle in my arm for heroin, I've done just about every drug that's ever been offered to me. I was just that kind of guy. I was never a big fan of peels. Never liked the way they made me feel. I don't know. just like mushrooms, LSD. I did meth once. That was fucking, oh man. Hey, kids, don't do meth. Holy shit. The worst. Um, But you buy some cocaine, you get crack, and then you smoke crack, and then you get very paranoid. Like very, very paranoid. So the idea of how paranoid I was, without having ten thousand dollars in a bag <laughs> tucked in my waistband, <laughs> in a crack It <laughs> would have been exponentially worse. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been rolling with ten stacks. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is fucking the best night of my life. This prostitute. <laughs> oh fuck! I got ten thousand dollars.
0: <laughs> That's exactly how it went. Oh damn! Um, and the funny thing was is that I was like the prostitute thought there was gonna like, and it was just like like I just wanted the drugs, man. Like you know, just the drugs, man. Um. So it was just it was just a and it was an awkward thing between me and her because there was no sexual at all with me,
1: like you know. Like I've gotten drugs from random prostitutes before. Like, prostitutes know where cocaine and crack and shit is at. Some prostitutes.
0: Some pro. Let's not give the whole like.
1: Well, I mean, if you're if you're like the the prostitutes who were on the street in the particular part of town that I would go to in Memphis, always knew where the drugs were. Thank you for (laughs) giving that distinction. it's a, it was a very specific place and time. I haven't been back to Memphis in a while. I don't know what it's uh what's happening down there these days but I I feels like when I talk to my friends who live down there, we've sort of forgotten about Memphis and it's fallen to the to the wayside. I know you're a huge fan of Elvis I could see him in the background. Have you been to Graceland lately? Does it seem different than it was?
0: i went to graceland during the pandemic so it wasn't much i mean because graceland is isn't in the the thing about graceland is it's not downtown right it's it's in it's in kind of an industrial area that could easily go in a bad direction um it's been like graceland's had a lot of changes it's that area like when i first went to it had like a gift store next to it now it's kind of fucking like pigeon forge like it's kind of got it's they built up a lot around it like they put the great oh gray, shit okay yeah and like they have the graceland hotel which i've stayed at twice like yeah i mean they've kind of nice it's they've they've nice up the area um but it still feels pretty industrial like and the thing about graceland it's always like the first time i see it you're like expecting just to see this fucking like oh and literally, it's like, oh, just turn to your left; it's right there. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's it's not. Uh, it, it, like, it's, I couldn't it's,
1: believe that it was like a thing because I like I like, like I'd seen it a thousand times. It's kind of like the Smoky Mountains. I had a like an epiphany the other day when I was complaining about driving through the Smoky Mountains, and I'm like, what an asshole I am people come from all over the fucking world to see this shit. And I'm like, I can't believe this traffic on this hill. <laughs> Um But it like Graceland, when I found out that people would travel from all over the world to see it, like as a young, stupid idiot who'd never been anywhere. And I was like, like bruh, it's just, but it's just like, it's just like a, a house. That's like right there. I had no real understanding of how much people appreciated Elvis and his music, which is crazy because I was fucking from the area. But on the, on the inside, when you're just like immersed in a thing, I think it's very hard to appreciate it. So I was around Graceland for almost two decades, never appreciated it, not once. And that's like, that's, that's crazy to think about now. Cause now I look back and I think, fuck dude, like how cool is that place? It's fucking like Sun Records. I could have went and seen Sun Records before you got robbed outside of Sun
0: Records. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, the thing about Graceland is just to start, it's fucking like, it's a museum. Like, it's an untouched house of a very, like, of a rich man with very garish taste in the 70s.
1: Yeah, an eccentric rich man. <laughs> yeah, so like that's... Do they still like, let you on the plane? I know he had the, the plane. You the should just Murray. be able to walk on that bitch.
0: Uh, I don't know. I never did the Lisa Marie. I was never... I was always kind of more like... I just get that house just kind of... Oh, yeah, it
1: is called the Lisa Marie, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's but, fucking fine, like, man.
0: Oh, but it's like literally like the fucking, like the furniture and stuff. It's just, it's so fucking 70s and it's just so, it's so fucking perfect and it's Elvis and it's gaudy and it's beautiful and it's fucking, it's America. If Grace and he liked, is, he, is he buried there? He is. His family is. They just had a fight whether Pr- Priscilla would be. Um, oh. And they don't know. They don't know William. if she. They don't have to let her on the property. But yeah, Elvis is buried there with his mother, his beloved mother, his father. Um, yeah, like they have it. It's out by the like. There's a reflecting garden, and what's beautiful is every. I think every one day a week in the morning, between before they open, people are allowed to just go up and go to the reflecting garden and pay their
1: respects to the king.
0: I mean, the bro. king, I mean, Elvis Presley. That's cool. I mean,
1: we should go to Graceland I mean, is, together, bro. I ain't been back to Memphis in forever. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I'll, I'll, dude, I'll go to Graceland
0: for any reason. I'll, and I love, uh, I love Memphis. <laughs> hell
1: yeah. You call our um, friend Sean Stanley and you tell him we're going to fucking Graceland, baby. Yeah, I mean, it's a,
0: <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's you know Graceland. It's it's about as American as it gets. And I mean, the thing is, is that like. I mean, I love America like that. I'm a like I'm a Canadian, but I like, I love America. Like, I love America so fucking much. Um, Like, I love its culture. I love its people. Like, I love so much about it. And it's so funny. It's so much like, like w- the relationship that we have, which is just kind of like, it's very kind of like uh, familial, but it's also, there's points, that, especially during the pandemic. There's like. Well, we're closing the border. And you're like, all right. Like, I, you know what I mean? It's just like, if we're going to start doing that kind of shit, I, I, I don't know. Like, closing borders? Like, I
1: remember Bro, when that's that? That's like saying we're going to delete the pictures off the internet. No, you're not. What are you fucking talking about? You ain't like closing way, no motherfucking border. <laughs> but the if way, you the wanted way, to close the border, you ain't closing no motherfucking border. Here's the thing, right? It is absolute, and it, it's what just frustrates me about not just Americans, but everybody that's in, in stupid conversations. It is absolutely ridiculous to think that this country can operate without immigrants. Immigrants are the only reason this fucking country works. And it's like, we want your fucking food. We want your culture. We want your dances. We want your fucking clothes. We want all that shit. We just don't want you. And that's like, what the fuck is that? Right? We got to like, like, I don't know what the answer is. Money wise, how much we have tanks and and banks ain't my motherfucking area. But what I do know is that when you let in hardworking people who want to feed their fucking family, they not only do the work that you don't want to do, they do the work that you can't do. They create things, they fucking invent things, they fucking push things forward, they fucking open boxes that you never would because you've been in this same place forever and never fucking had any hardships, you've never gone anywhere to experience any other fucking cultures. We have to, we have to like, I'm not saying open the goddamn border, but what I'm saying is, is that immigrants are the most important part of America, always have been. In my opinion, what do I know? I'm a fucking idiot.
0: I'm just saying, like, uh, like is there is there, a ch- is there some kind of checklist where like let's cover every hot fucking topic, like now? Okay, we're, we're what we're out, gonna take on? We're out of control.
1: Just, gonna cut like, just cut it all out. It's gonna read, be a 14 like, minute podcast about that.
0: For Christ's sakes, like, like I'm not. I can't take on immigration right now. It's it, The thing about it is immigration is complicated. Like it's it's like, especially in Canada, it's complicated because unlike you, like you guys are melting pot. People come to America, they want to be Americans. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, that's the whole thing. Um, you know where immigration i find gets problematic is essentially like when people come and immigrate from very conservative countries and they kind of bring those beliefs here and all of a sudden they're voting in elections and this and that and therefore so it's 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 complicated like essentially because a lot of immigrants do come from a more conservative mindset let's say it that way and it's kind of like that's
1: you know, that's, I think that's, this, that, it's, that's, that's it's a religion is really where, and let, like, I don't know. like, Beliefs. let's not cover it's, that one too. Yeah. Oh, we're going to go <laughs> religious. Yeah. Like, it's just, well, you get like, I, I, I find in like, even people like, like who are like actual Christians and Muslims, they're actually like these really caring people. Right. But. It is. It, they are hateful books, and when you when you focus on the hateful parts, you're a hateful person. And when you focus on the good parts, you're you're kind of a a good person. Um, it's tough because we're all just animals, right? And we're trying to pretend like we're not, and we're like in these monogamous relationships that absolutely go against everything that's animalistic about us and we but make up do- these rules and shit you know this is a thing my
0: thing I'm monogamous. like essentially look there's like but we're also evolving as people like we're not like we're animals but we're animals that are evolving and essentially like evolving like involves structure like unfortunately like as much as like you know there's the utopian notion of everything it's like well no like to evolve there has to be structure there has to be something kind of keeping it together to keep a community together like everybody has to play a part and we should basically be all on a general like if you want to if you want to believe in something if you want to build a fucking church to it go go right away and do it but if you want to fucking vote in a lecture is going to take me or my any of my fucking rights. you go fuck yourself And like, you know, and that's just what it is. It's like, look, you could fucking, you know, I grew up in the Catholic faith and all that stuff. And like, like I'm a staunch anti-Catholic, like fuck the Pope, all that kind of stuff. But I have no problem with other people fucking like doing that. As long as they also will recognize that the Catholic church has a very dark past that is very hidden (laughs) And it's basically destroyed a lot of fucking lives. One life that was particularly destroyed was fucking Sinead fucking Connor, who fucking God bless her, had yeah. the balls ball to get up on fucking a stage like so many fucking, like fucking like 30 years ago and say fucking this is the problem. And it was just like, and fucking like Lauren Michaels didn't, still to this, like doesn't have the balls to be like, she was right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she like she got banned from the show. It's like,
1: what the fuck there off, are There are some mega churches, and I love that that's what they call them. Like, that's, I don't know. It's just, it really is comical when you think about it. Like, it's called a fucking mega church, and the people who are in it don't see sort of the problem. And there will be the whole police force out there, like, directing traffic and shit. And... Hundreds of millions of dollars flow through that building, and then you know what? A block down, like there's 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 homeless people, there's homeless people within a block of the hundred million dollar mega church, and I can't wrap my fucking brain around that because I like I grew up religious and I've I've read the Bible, <clears throat> and I just can't imagine having a hundred million dollars and a homeless guy a block away and going that's what jesus would fucking do right there <laughs> the, thing about, the thing about it is, is you
0: don't got to do it because jesus already did it it's all about saving yourself like basically the, the, like like look man i fucking wish nothing more in the world that i could fucking believe the story that like if i do good and i fucking go to church and i fucking say this and go and like denounce my sins and all that stuff that when I die, I'm going to go to this place. It's going to be fucking amazing. And I'll get like, look, man, if that fucking narrative like fit in my head, like what the fuck do I would need with weed or anything, man? I, they must be the happiest people in the world to believe that. Like, yeah, there's a heaven out there at the end of all this. Like, I'm not saying there's so, not like, I'm like, I what are not, we going
1: to do? What are we going to do when we fucking die and it's like, poof, and we're standing on a fucking cloud in a line and there's like a golden gate and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> Those the motherfuckers nailed it. I can't believe they were this correct. <laughs>
0: and I'll be the first one to be like, wow, I'm an idiot.
1: Can I come in? Podcast like- in the back. Hey, I will be the first to admit I was wrong. <laughs>
0: But that's the thing it's just like it's like that fucking simpsons thing when when the fucking uh the aliens land and it's like i uh, i praise our new fucking overlords like look if, if if that's if heaven's the thing like that's why i'm i'm I, like i don't like like i don't i don't like the way atheists atheists are fucking like just how they're, they're so annoying. well you know some people i love are atheists and it's just but they're the, the that's the insufferable part of them because like just be agnostic just be like I don't know I don't know maybe like, I don't
1: know, you know how I you mean? cannot be no one like, I, the same if, if you if you hold the argument that there is no proof for God then I hold the argument that you have no proof there is not right and I lay a 99.9% that probably not but there's a chance. That's reality that I live in. So I would, I would say that I am agnostic. Yeah, but then it, it can like- also become like a philosophical debate though, right? Like what do you see as God? Because I think people who see nature as God, that fits. Right? And like if enough people believe in a thing, I think that fits. I think it's where you start manipulating the idea Uh, is where it all goes wrong if you told me like ah your brain that's god because if we shut that bitch down the rest of this stuff you can keep it going but it ain't there it's got nothing it's got no quote unquote soul i think that fits look people could believe
0: anything they want to fucking like like honestly i don't care like mega churches that don't want to help fucking homeless people that's awful but i don't care like it's just like that's what they're choosing to do they're not breaking the law by being dicks they're just being Mm -hmm. dicks so fucking like but just don't come and fucking make my rights a law that i can't do. that's the only thing like bill do all do all that shit like fucking and like and have fun and be happy about it i'm not gonna fucking I'm not going to show up at your fucking church and be like, fuck you, you fuckers. Like, I'm like, no, nah, man, go have your fun, fucking whatever. Yeah. That's because, like, if, if I could believe it, I would do it, too. Like, if that fit my like my father, my father, I saw it before my very eyes. My father, um, on my 18th birthday, uh, came home from a Ramon show, found out my father had cancer. Uh, my father had a melanoma that basically he was given two years to live. My father um, was a, he was an usher at church. He worked for the Catholic school board. My dad was hardcore religious, which made my sexuality a real issue, especially cause I'm Malcolm jr. He's Malcolm senior. So it's oh, fucking, com- okay. fucking com- complicated <laughs> shit. I have really kind of like on my father's deathbed, We had a moment like we like small town gay bar was just coming out and i had a moment with my father where like it's that moment we're alone together we're nearing the end and i'm like and we're talking i just played sundance it was this wonderful success and um me like i was just talking to my dad and we were alone in the room and i was like yeah so you know we yeah i got i got to sundance and like i'm talking about i did it and uh i said uh if the con the conversation finally came to, I guess, but ultimately, it's for a movie with like gay in the title, and my dad was kind of like, you know, he acknowledged that that, you know, that 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 kind of you know that bothered him. That like basically like his fucking his this you know I'm I'm the junior and like you know in my greatest success, literally has the word gay in it. And, you know, my father was not, you know, my father was not a a man who was a big fan of the, the gay people. I mean, he wasn't a violent man or really anything like that, but he just believed it was, you know, my father, I'm sure, like, thought I was going to hell. Um, <clears throat> which is hard for a father, I'm sure. Um, but all that, <laughs> all that said, and, and that kind of, like, had such an effect, like, that, like, I, I actually had, that effect of religion had an effect on my relationship with my father um you know one of the most important people in my life and but still my when my father caught cancer got a melanoma caught it and it moved his lymph nodes and stuff and they gave him two years to live my father turned to the lord hard my father like really leaned into it and my father who was supposed to be dead in two years ended up like getting miraculously cured his belief in his belief in it is what kept like is basically gave him his body the chance to relax and heal so essentially he put his faith in the lord he put his faith in god's hands so he didn't get all stressed out like he didn't and he basically trusted in the lord and whatever you know the medical reason maybe because you know he was relaxed like he fucking was more open to this or that whatever blah, blah, blah. i don't know the scientific reason but my father was cured so you know so basically i, I hate the fucking, I, I hate the fucking catholic faith but i saw that it cured my father of cancer or the fact that it exists cured my father of cancer so it's complicated
1: everything's complicated baby that's the thing like nothing what i like they used to say nothing's like black and white like everything's in that gray area or whatever i mean it really it really is being alive is complicated being dead is complicated for your relatives (laughs) because they got to figure all that fucking shit out (laughs) I, was like my, I had to pull something up earlier and my wife's like you have access to the taxes and I was like you don't like should I email these shits to you in case I fucking die later like I've lived a pretty eventful life I'm I'm overweight right now I'm wearing a fucking shirt with a drag queen on it and I'm gonna go out later I am fucking rolling the dice here honey we might need to fucking sync up our email Oh, for fuck's oh. sake!
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I I think that's like where do we go from here?
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure we cured the fucking world, yeah. Uh, Who needs uh, social media? We just we just we covered it all. <laughs> I I don't. It feels like I don't know. It feels like
0: one or both of us are going to be in trouble.
1: Yeah, yeah I, mean, we, I, probably, I probably shouldn't have Googled all the world's problems before we stopped Because we hit them all. <laughs> That's the
0: thing. We're just a couple of delusional idiots that are just like, yeah, well, aren't we helpful?
1: <laughs> we're just two idiots who are trying to make a positive difference in the world.
0: We didn't even get into your yeah, we
1: wrestling. Not me at all. No, I'll be getting arrested. So I do that. Like... So I do that too. <laughs> Stay tuned for, for blowhard part two.